Welcome to the Everything Early Childhood podcast designed for approved providers, nominated supervisors and other childcare leaders. This fun, lighthearted and very serious podcast features weekly episodes on strategy, advice and conversations with fascinating and inspiring people from across our sector. Join the journey and have access to the tools and inspiration you need to create high-performing childcare businesses. Let's get started. Hello, friends. Welcome to another episode of Everything Early Childhood. My name is Lisa Brown and I'm your host. And uh, what a week. What a week it's been. So I have just got back from Adelaide and visiting all of my new and old friends Um, from Adelaide. So massive week of training, working with teams. So we started doing off the week doing a nominated supervisor training. So building their nominated supervisors up with leadership tools to add to their tool belts. Then we did an Ed Leaders um, confidence and inspiration for their role. So working with all of their Ed Leaders. Then we did a Teams, so meaningful documentation and connecting and sharing so many beautiful heartwarming stories about why we got into early childhood and really challenging everyone in the space to think about what their best day has been ever in their journey, in their career in early childhood and how to top it every single day. And just some beautiful stories and the looks on their faces. They didn't even need to share it. I could just see how much their eyes lit up and their face was smiling as they were sharing that with their peer next to them. And then um, I was really blessed to go to and deliver a collaborative leadership um, speech at the Directors Forum. So it was really nice to go and meet some new amazing leaders and chat to some of my listeners out there. So that was really great. And just some spe- so, so many questions came out from um, having chats with you all. So really looking forward to delving into future episodes on environments, engaging environments, parent conversations. So when will they feel comfortable to have parent conversations, stencils and worksheets and what they mean and should we be using them? And then just a goodie, so top 10 tips ever um, to implement in your service. So you'll need a notebook and a pen for that one. But the question that I wanted to really delve into, oh, and of course our other one. So we did six, I did six workshops last week. So the other one was getting ready for A&R. So you, your team and your service. So that's always really fun and something that I really enjoy. But don't wait until it's you're called for A&R. Make sure that you're prepared. Make sure that you're ready. You don't want to feel that sense of stress. You want to feel that relief and confidence that you are there. You're ready to go. So one of the questions I was asked was not about was about motivation and how to motivate the teams, but I wanted to come back to something else today that really impacts a lot of leaders and it can impact you sometimes when you're not expecting it, sometimes when something else is happening in your life, but it can impact and affect you at leaders in all different levels and that is self confidence. So I don't know why this came up this week, but something inside me was like, yeah, you got to do it. So you know me, I always go with how I feel, but we've got some super duper episodes coming up based on early childhood. But today I really wanted to talk about this personal development, self-confidence and specifically will what to do when your self-confidence as a leader is low. 
which is interesting because I feel in order to lead, we need to be the best versions of ourselves. So let's talk about why is it common for leaders to experience low self-confidence at times. So it can be a really demanding and often lonely role at times to lead our teams. So leaders are expected to make tough decisions, face criticism, navigate through uncertain situations, and of course, be there, be that counsellor, that confidant, that, you know, use our ears and listen to our teams and hear all of the, and often it's negative things. Often it's things that we can't do anything about. And we know that there's so many people going through so many things out there, but sometimes we can really focus on those things that we hear. because that's all we do here is those negative things. So low self-confidence can stem from a variety of sources such as imposter syndrome, fear of failure or external pressures. It's important for leaders to recognize what the root cause is. So that is your first step. Really recognize what the root cause is. And there are five types So imposter syndrome is a feeling of inadequacy, self-doubt or insecurity that can prevent us from achieving our goals. Just stop us dead in our tracks, not knowing how to move forward. So sometimes you'll feel these characteristics. So self-doubt, sabotaging your own success, undervaluing contributions, low self-esteem, fear of failure, overworking, not accepting recognition for achievement or comparing yourself to others. So as I said, there are five types of imposter syndrome and this come from Dr. Valerie Young who queened the term imposter syndrome. She described imposter syndrome best when she said, those of us with imposter feelings have become adept at essentially attributing our success largely to the factors outside of ourselves. And so as a result, there's this kind of nagging fear that eventually will be found out. So she has a really good book, The Secret Thoughts of Successful Women and Why Capable People Suffer from Imposter Syndrome and How to Thrive in Spite of It. The truth is that we all feel this at different times Um, I'm trying to think of a time where I've felt it like every now and then it just rears its head pops up and I think the key is not to hold on to it and to ask yourself some questions that's what we're going to do today we're going to talk through what to do when you're feeling that self-doubt what triggers it really understanding the root cause of it because the five types of imposter syndrome are the perfectionist. So perfectionism is a form of imposter syndrome. That's when you have exceedingly high expectations for yourself that you may not achieve. And sometimes what that means is that it can be a real roadblock to your success and hold you back from even starting doing something. So some signs that you may be a perfectionist are that you micromanage everything, you don't know how to delegate tasks, you obsess over little details, you struggle with decision-making, you have high standards and unrealistic expectations, and you have an incredible fear of failure or making mistakes. 
So what to do if you have perfectionism? So, and this is a muscle that you need to build. Everyone used to laugh at me because in my office, I used to have all these frames. And because I was a perfectionist, I actually didn't put up the frames for so long. They were just sitting on the floor. And I thought one day, you know what? I'm just going to put up the frames. And I, the reason I hadn't was because I was so worried and I didn't really know how to make sure that they were all straight. And so I put them up and I deliberately made sure that they were crooked. So every day I looked at the wall and I was like, you know what, it's not perfect, but nothing's perfect. And it just reminded me to make sure I was moving forward rather than focusing on being perfect. It, it, like what's the worst that's going to happen? It didn't even matter. And every time I looked at it, it just reminded me that it's not, you don't need to be perfect to start. You don't need to be perfect. You just need to make move forward and go on that journey and make things happen. But we want to allow some room for your imperfection. So maybe it's as simple as leaving an unflattering photo um, on socials or giving yourself a reasonable time limit to work on a project and submit it. The second type is the superhuman. So it's another type of imposter syndrome. While perfectionists are always striving to do better, superhumans are wanting to do more and more. So superhumans are high achievers who put incredible pressure on themselves to excel in all areas of life to justify their accomplishments and success. So they feel that they need to work harder than others to achieve all they do. And their success comes down to the fact of how hard they work for it. So signs that you may be the superhuman include you don't handle constructive criticism well, you feel stressed when you're not working, you feel guilty when you take breaks or enjoying leisurely activities. You put a lot of pressure on yourself to perform at your best at all times. So if you're a superhuman, instead of attributing success to external factors, acknowledge your personal strengths and hard work. By doing so, you can boost your confidence and improve your self-esteem. So taking breaks can lead to a better performance and overall well-being. The third one is the natural genius. So this is the person, a hallmark of a natural genius is that success has always come really easy and without even trying. So as a result, they set impossibly high standards for themselves. So when they get into a highly competitive environment, it can be incredibly overwhelming as they're forced to challenge themselves. So signs that you might be a natural genius type include success has come really easily your confidence suffers considerably when faced with setbacks. You believe success comes from an inherent ability, not hard work and practice. You have very high standards for yourself and you are critical of perceived obstacles that might impede your success. So if you are a natural genius, you might overcome this imposter syndrome through self-reflection and reframing your negative self-talk. Self-reflection can help you identify your strengths and weaknesses and develop a more realistic view of your abilities. Instead of considering yourself as a genius, consider yourself as a work in progress. Number four is the soloist. So a soloist imposter type is characterized by feelings of independence and the need to achieve success entirely on their own. This imposter syndrome type affects people who believe they must do everything themselves and that asking for help or support is a sign of weakness. People identifying as a rugged individualist <laughs> are particularly susceptible to experience this imposter syndrome type. 
So signs that you're a soloist might include feeling like you need to accomplish everything on your own, feeling incompetent if you need help, struggling to network and difficulty accepting constructive criticism. So while it may take time and effort, and that's like anything we do, it's like building the muscle. We have to practice, practice, practice. And practice does not equal perfect. That's what I'm saying. So progress over perfection. It's really important. So overcoming imposter syndrome can lead to greater self-confidence, satisfaction and success both personally and professionally. And if we're a soloist, we're actually denying, which is exactly what our collaborative leadership training or workshop was on last week it was on around you know if we don't let people in because we think everyone's too busy no one wants to do it or we think we do it better ourselves we're doing everyone around us a disservice because we're not allowing them to shine through with all of their strengths and the things that they enjoy and all of the amazingness that they have inside of them so the fifth one is the expert so the expert imposter syndrome type is a common is common among people who have acquired specialized knowledge and skills in their field. So that include doctors, lawyers and scientists because they have invested so much time and effort into their education and training, they feel they should know everything about their chosen field. So there's still doubt that they they still doubt their abilities and worry that they're not equipped to handle all the challenges of their job. So the expert type feeling like you need to master every step in the process. So they might get stuck in the details, feeling like you need to constantly pursue training and certifications, feeling like a fraud despite having expertise and struggling with procrastination because you feel overwhelmed. So what to do if you're an expert? So join networking groups, seek out challenges that can help you develop more skill sets and combat feelings of inadequacy. So know that you are good enough and focus on that internal voice. So when we create a support system, it's also crucial in overcoming expert type imposter syndrome. We want to have um, people around us that see our values um, because sometimes we can struggle to see our own. Isn't that interesting? Five types of imposter syndrome. So incredible and how it can impact and we're all human um, and how it can just pop up and affect us, you know, in many, many different ways. So uh, one of the first things is the, and the first step is self-awareness. So as leaders, we should acknowledge our feelings of self-doubt and understanding their triggers. So where does it come from and what can we do about it right now? So we can implement several strategies to rebuild our self-confidence. So when we are low, we want to make sure that we focus on these five things. The first one is positive self-talk. So you really want to replace any negative thoughts or affirm and um, make sure that you have all of those beautiful positive affirmations around you and remind yourself of your past successes. So, um, oh crap, who was that? Who was, maybe it was Aaron Sansoni actually. He, um, taught, he does a lot of business workshops and seminars and he, he talked about instead of having a vision board, and there's probably other people that talk about this too, but instead of having a vision board, have a like a done it board, an achievements board or successes board so that you can put everything up there that you have achieved. And when you look at it, you can be really proud of all of the things that you have achieved. 
The other one was Simon Sinek um, in one of his recent podcasts and he talks about this all the time, but not to have a bucket list, you know, like a list of things that you want to do before you kick the bucket, um, but instead have a um, done it list. So have a list of things that you've already done and already achieved so that you can look back through. He's like, why do I want to look at a list of things that I haven't done? I, um, and, you know, and think, oh gosh, I'm not going to have time to do all of those. That's very overwhelming. So instead he had a list of all of his achievements, travels, um, all of the beautiful things that he'd done in his life. Because one of the biggest things that we can do and practice is gratitude. So the more that we step into a frame and a mindset around gratitude, the happier, more fulfilled that we'll be. Our brains do not have the capacity to both be grateful and negative at the same time. So choose your words and what you're saying to yourself. Sometimes you might even need to wear um, an elastic band or a head hairband, headband, head, hairband. Anyway, elastic, you know what I mean, around your wrist so that each time that you have these um, self, this negative self-talk, you just flick yourself in the wrist and to retrain your brain to be able to have those positive thoughts and affirmations return. Have them up around your mirror. Um, So lots and lots of different people have them up in their mirrors so that they see them every single day. And send me photos. I want to see what those positive affirmations look like. The second one is, and don't be shy, like don't be ashamed, like embarrassed or shy, like spread it. Like what do I say? He's like spread it like peanut butter on toast. Um, not the crunchy kind, the smooth kind. But anyway, the next one is setting realistic goals. So often what's happened, particularly like me, like I'm a big vision thinker. I can think of of, um, ideas and the future and the big realistic ideas. So when we're thinking about ideas, we want to think of them really, really big. But then when we're thinking about what we need to do with those ideas and the steps to get there, we want to break them down into smaller achievable milestones and then we want to make sure that we celebrate the success out of every single one of those steps that we've taken a beautiful way to do that particularly if it's in your service is to to write your QIP in a beautiful story format to show and spread your story and show your journey in your service you can relate that back to real life or your personal life as well and create that um, beautiful story that um, of your life and that journey as well. The third one is seek feedback. So constructive feedback from colleagues or mentors can help leaders identify areas for improvement and build confidence in their abilities. Just be mindful that anyone's feedback is also their opinion and it doesn't make it right or it doesn't make it wrong. So I think it's important to not fixate on the feedback, but look at instead what steps you can take towards improving yourself. And I think when you get feedback, really ask yourself, you know, do I trust this person? Like, do I trust, do I respect this person? And of course, if they've said something to you and they've given you feedback, it's impacting them. But I think it's also really important to reflect on your own internal values, your own internal compass and say, 
you know, is this something that I do struggle at? Is this something that, you know, I do need to work on? Because sometimes, again, it can just be their opinion. And, um, you know, my nan always talk about my nan's sayings, but, you know, my nan said that somebody else's opinion of me is none of my business. So um, it's really important that you make sure that you ask yourself, is this true? Is this true? Is this something that I really need to work on? But at least it will, you'll get out of your own head because if you're like me, you're really hard on yourself. So um, at least you'll get external and external feedback so that you can focus on that rather than, you know, thinking in your head all of these scenarios. Um, so at least it, it perhaps will give you a bit of clarity, but just make sure it's true. Like don't get bogged down or set on something that is, isn't true. Number four is embrace failure. Oh gosh, it it's practice. Like it's so hard. Like we are human and I don't like fail is, you know, to me, first attempt in learning, F-A-I-L, first attempt in learning. So encourage leaders and you all to see the fact that failure is a stepping stone to success. Learning from our mistakes can lead to increased confidence, but it's when we step back and say, you know, crap, I made a mistake here, but what can I learn from this mistake? Really important to take in what that learning is. And some of my favorite, favorite things are, in fact, I'll see if I can find it while I keep talking because I don't really know a lot of them. Off, I don't really know them off the top of my head, but um, which I would like to. But anyway, so you got like Oprah Winfrey, like Oprah Winfrey was told she'll never be on TV. She'll never have a talk show. She'll never do this. And look at her now, like, you know, Steve Jobs, all of these people before us, Disney, Disney was fired because he had no imagination. So isn't that insane? So every single person has setbacks before they have success. So, and actually I was listening to a podcast the the other day about the most famous um, failure, I suppose, which is from 3M. And 3M, they do a lot of things, but of course, one of their most famous things that they invented was the post-it note. And the post-it note, it wasn't even created, it was created accidentally because they were trying to find an adhesive but this adhesive, they and they talked about really celebrating those successes. So 3M as a company, they actually have a conference every single year where all of their engineers and all of their um, technicians or whatever they call them, they go in and they talk about all the ways that what they're working on and all the ways that they haven't got there yet. Because the interesting thing and what they embrace is that they – the reason they do it is because some of these things might impact or help one of their other colleagues who might need that for something that they're working on. So it's a way of embracing that failure, sharing that failure and looking at, well, you know, I did try that. But in what we find in services, and this is not just in leaders, but in services is that we often default and say, oh, no, I've already tried that. It doesn't work. But I want to really help you to just sort of take a pause. And we've talked a lot this week with teams around the difference between a reaction and a response. And it's literally pausing, breathing, 90 seconds. That's it. That's the difference. And between the reaction and the response. So what we want to do is let others fail around us just say look I'd really love for you to try that out when I did that this is what this is what happened with me but look let's come back together after you try that and let's see if you find the same thing so again curious people people learn by making their own 
mistakes. So we have to let them. We just need to make sure and we need to practice failing too because uh, sorry, let me finish that sentence. We just need to make sure we come back together to have that conversation about what they can learn from that as well. So when, and also as leaders, the way that we embrace failure is by stepping out of our comfort zones. When you feel discomfort, embrace it because it means that you are growing. There are certain um, layers of the onion, so to speak, that we need to go through in order to get out of our comfort zone and into the growth zone where we are going to learn. But, But we need to embrace fear. And if we're not embracing our fear and taking a step forward and embracing that rather than taking a step back, we're never going to grow and we're never going to learn. So ask your team, what have you failed at today? Ask yourself at the end of the day, what did I fail at today? If you fail at something or you don't succeed at something, no worries. Like just be open about it or, you know, apologize to whoever you need to apologize to. Just say, look, really sorry how I spoke to you today. This is what's happening with me. I will, I've reflected on it and I'll make sure it doesn't happen again. Don't sweep it under the rug. Make sure that you address it so that they know that you are aware that it was not okay. So embrace that failure. First attempt in learning and have that up, have that sign up. And you don't want your team to be really afraid to try new things and, and have an imagination. You want them to really be come to you with ideas. Be, feel free to go and explore them as well. Number six, or sorry, number five, not number six, getting ahead of myself, is the skill development. So investing in continuous learning and skill development can increase competence and subsequently increase your competence as well. So those are some five practical tips that you can take back to increase when your self-esteem or self-confidence might not be feeling as high as you would like it. Those are five things to practice. But the next thing I want to talk about is the role of a support network in rebuilding your self-confidence. It's really important to have a strong support network. It's invaluable. Um, we should learn and have surround, be surrounded by mentors, peers and coaches who can provide us guidance and encouragement. A lot of these individuals can offer really valuable perspectives and remind us as leaders that we're not alone in all of our struggles. And our directors network group, we meet a monthly, usually the first Monday of each month online, directors from across Australia because we love all humans and all leaders and want to come together. The number one feedback that we get from the like from our people that come to our meetings is that they love to hear so many different perspectives from different people in the group. They love to hear what's happening state to state. They love to hear what's happening in community-based, not-for-profit, private services. They're all so different with what's happening with them. But at the same time, there's so many things they have in common. And often we'll hear, oh, I thought I was the only one. So make sure that you really embrace, embrace all of the beautiful people around you and um, take make the most of all of the opportunities that you have as well. So what do we do about emotional, the emotional aspect of self-confidence? So emotional well-being is really closely tied to self-confidence. So as leaders, we could prioritize self-care 
including exercise, mindfulness, and stress management techniques. If all else fails, just go back to the four things. So the four things, and and when we talk about self-care, it doesn't even need to be like painting your nails, having a bath, going and getting my hair done. Those, those things are quite external, even though they're beautiful and they might help us feel really amazing. But the four things that really do help are looking at, are you sleeping well? What can you do to improve your sleep? How are you eating? What's your eating like? The next thing, so sleeping, eating, and exercise. So how can I just move every day? So I had to look at my routine because to be honest, I wasn't fitting. I mean, I always sleep well, so that's not been an issue for me, thank goodness. Um, But I know that it's really common out there for people to have really troubled sleep. Um, Last night, I have really weird dreams. Last night I had a dream about, um, I don't know, anyone that's from Sydney um, in the 90s, I'm going to say, who remembers Wonderland. Um, do, Do you remember Wonderland? I just had the most weirdest dream about Wonderland um, and that it was still there and I was anyway going there but oh well got nothing to do with what we're talking about but yeah so sleeping is um, really important so make sure you focus on your sleep the research states that getting up at the same time every day if that is all you do is just get up at the same time every day you will have improved sleep now one of the strategies that we have just well two I'll tell you two actually that we've just implemented in our house is that if you have an iPhone you can actually set your sleep and wake up schedules and then your phone will start to wind down and go to sleep and you'll get a notification that it is wind down time and it does that 45 minutes before you set your sleep time and then you get a gradual wake up it's not just the alarm going boom 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 in the morning it's thinking about what we're waking up to like how are we starting our day if you're starting with a like a really big like alarm in your face and you startle to wake up um, you know that could really paint a picture for potentially the rest of your day so think about your time to go to sleep and then how are you waking up so you might want to have one of your favorite songs as your alarm to wake up so just a reminder that you can change the tone you can change what the prompt is um, so have a look and think about what how you would like to wake up. In fact, I just watched a really beautiful video on um, Instagram and it was a little girl and the dad walked in and was playing her favourite tune and you could see her, she was sleeping and she just started to rise up <laughs> slowly, the slow-mo rise up and then she got up and she just started dancing. So imagine that every morning if you got up to your favourite song and you're just like, yes, I'm ready for the day. Um, what do you do to visualize your day? What intention do you set for the day? So sometimes if I'm having trouble sleeping, I'll put on a sleep meditation. So again, insight timer is what I use. Forgot the name. Um, insight timer is what I use. I've got my favorite meditation that I use and it was a godsend when I went over overseas and just put it on. I just slept like it kept me in that beautiful sleep rhythm. Um, and also when I wake up, I do a meditation, I do a gratitude, I do a whatever I need for that day. Um, even if it's just breathing, reconnection, grounding, um, there's so many beautiful. So start your day with a smile, but the more beautifulness and words that we hear around us, the better it can be. And then I've, I'm getting up earlier 
as well, um, making sure I have a bedtime because I'm a real night owl so I could just stay up all night. Getting up, I'm doing the first thing I do. I, I just can't do it. I have to get up and have a shower, even though my mum's like, just get up and do it straight away. But um, get up and exercise for 30 minutes. Um, and I found these really awesome just free YouTube videos, which are dancing, like just dancing or um, low impact walking. And they're really awesome. So just focus on those. And what I've noticed is because it's been ages since I've like been to the gym or had, I guess, a trainer. And but their language and the words they use every single day makes such a beautiful, positive impact on your own mind. And you start listening to it and feeling good about your day. So one of them is obviously progress over perfection. Um, If in doubt, walk it out. Um, another one is that they talk about like you could have chosen, like you had the choice to do whatever you wanted to do right now. You had the choice, but you chose to spend this time focusing on you. And that's great. So, and you're here and they're like, yes, give kudos to yourself for being here um, every single day and doing this, which is great. Really, really great. So I believe that the purpose of life is to know yourself, to love yourself, to trust yourself and to be yourself. So and then once we're confident and have a really great self-identity about who we are, then we can show up and lead others in a really beautiful, authentic way. So when you know yourself and you've got hobbies outside of work and you've got things that you do that you enjoy, you've got all, I call it, I talk about this all the time, actually, the pie of life. And you've got your, your five, six, seven, however many segments of life. I think at certain point there are too many, but think about what they are for your life and what your life pie or your wheel of life looks like and what segments are in that wheel of life and how it's going for you. How would you rate each part of your life in that, in those categories? And what do you need to do to work on it? The, you are your best when you have a balanced and fulfilled life. And I think when we only have one thing to focus on, it create self-doubt because what happens if we're not doing well in that area of our life it's really difficult to then say oh well I'm really good at or I'm doing a really great job or I'm proud of myself if we only have that one thing we're focusing on so it's really important have goals in each area have different a balanced life have that wheel of pie or wheel of pie wheel of life um, or pie of life you know balanced so I wanted to just talk about some prompts. Um, If you have ever journaled, it's amazing. If you have never journaled, um, there are two ways that you can journal. And the idea of journaling, and it doesn't even, you don't even need to write this down, but the idea of journaling is that everything that you have stuck in your head. So if you're an overthinker like me, Um, and things are just stuck in your head, journaling is the most beautiful way to get it out of your head. There are two ways that you can journal. I'm sure there's more, but there's two ways that I know of that you can journal. The first one is that you can just put a timer on, 5, 10, 15 minutes, whatever you're comfortable with. You grab a pen, you grab paper, and you literally just write. It needs to make absolutely no sense. It doesn't even need to be coherent. You literally, everything that just comes into your head, you just get out. 
on paper. Get out, get out, get out. You can rip it up. No one needs to read it. You don't even need to read it back. The whole process for that first journaling is just to get everything out of your head. Our brains carry so much information and we need to process, particularly as leaders in early childhood, so many pieces of information. But there's so many pieces of information that are irrelevant. So we need to help our brain to distinguish what is relevant that I want to hold on to and move to our long-term memory and what is irrelevant that I want to delete and get rid of. So when we get it out on paper, it's out of our minds and out of our brains so we can have a really clear focus. The other way to journal is to have prompts. And I've got nine prompts here for unmasking your true self to know yourself better. And I think this would be a really powerful exercise for anyone to do. So I'm going to read them out to you. Feel free to pause. Feel free to go and get some paper and a pen or If you're driving in your car, just feel free to have a think about them as they come up for you and what they are. I would recommend that you write them down at some stage just so that they're really, really clear. But this will help you to really discover more about yourself, leading to feeling a really fulfilled, confident, balanced being. So the first one is what are my core values and beliefs and how do they guide my decisions and actions? Two. What activities or hobbies make me lose track of time and bring me pure joy? Three, what are my strengths and unique talents and how can I leverage them in my life? Four, what are my biggest fears or insecurities and how do they hold me back? Five, what are my true passions and desires and how can I align my life with them? Six, what are the reoccurring patterns or habits in my life and how do they serve me well? Seven, how do I handle and cope with stress or difficult situations and what can I learn from it? Eight, what kind of people or relationships energize and uplift me and which ones drain me? And then nine, how do I define success and fulfillment and am I currently living in alignment with my definition? And this really will just help you to have that clarity and that sense of confidence and moving closer and closer to really knowing who you are. So remember that self-confidence is a journey. It is a massive journey and the journey of life, knowing ourselves, loving ourselves and being ourselves. It's not a destination. It's natural for you as a leader to have moments of self-doubt. Everybody has self-doubt. I don't, it doesn't matter who you are. The more people I meet, the more I realize every single human has different fears. The difference is that some humans will take a step back and stay in their comfort zone, whereas other humans will, be, will embrace discomfort and step forward regardless of the fear and do it anyway. 
But with when you develop that self-awareness and the, with the right strategies, you can rebuild your confidence and continue to excel in your leadership roles. So thank you all so much for coming today and sharing these insights on rebuilding your self-confidence as a leader. It's been a pleasure um, coming to you all. I love this every single week and we will get back into our weekly episodes. So every Thursday we had feedback from um, Adelaide last week that they were like, Lisa, once a week is not enough. Sorry guys, I really struggle to even keep up with once a week sometimes, but I do my best to build these beautiful habits and come to you every single week. Um, if you need to pop, if you need to go, that's perfectly fine. But I just wanted to share some amazing things that are coming up and that we're working on behind the scenes that you might be interested in coming up in the new year. So the most exciting thing and that's been in the works for a really long time is our Directors Academy. So it will be a workshop. It will be a um, it will be a program that you can sign up for and come on board. A small group program, very small. I take joy and pleasure in being part of people's journeys. But the number one thing that I find, whether it's approved providers or nominated supervisors, is that we don't have the skills, they don't have the skills in order to run their business. And I really want to make sure that not only, we always talk about setting our teams up for success, but are we setting, are you setting yourself up for success to be able to fulfill the role that you, you're in as a leader in your organization? So that will be our Directors Academy. So we will um, share some more information about that as we come. So that'll be available in the new year. Um, we're also going to be doing retreats. So I know exactly who I'm having there, just one day retreats. I know exactly who will be there, what the format will be. And it will be a really beautiful connection day for you to get what you need and to then go back to your service and put it in practice. So I just don't know the location yet. So that's where I'm a bit stuck. So I'll get back to you on the location of those, but that is also coming in the new year. Um, and also the dates, just got to finalize them with our amazing guests um, who will come along and share their wisdom with you all as well. And then of course, our director's right hand, which has been sensational for so many services out there who we're taking the admin off them so they can spend their time focusing on their people. So we will have another um, lot or another group join us in the new year. So if you've been thinking that you want to do the new year differently and thinking that um, you want to offload a lot on your plate so that you can focus on what's important to you, then get in touch to learn more about our director's right-hand service. So that is, I guess, our key points. Um, we do have some spots for A&R visits if you're wanting to uh, mock A&R support visits where we come and spend the whole day with you. Or as I said earlier, I spent did six workshops last week. So if you're wanting me to come out to your service and share some amazing insights and wisdom, wisdom and inspire them, then get in touch today. So until next time, stay confident, lead on and keep making every moment count. But before I go, if there are any topics that you want to talk about for future episodes on our website, ask us anything. So www.platinumed.com.au, ask us anything and we'll cover it in a future episode. So until then, keep making every moment count. Thanks so much. 
Thanks for listening to the Everything Early Childhood podcast. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast, please share it with others, post about it on social media, or leave a rating and review. We read them all. (laughs) To catch all the latest from me, your host, Lisa Brown, you can follow me on Facebook and Instagram at Lisa Brown underscore Platinum Ed. Thanks again for listening. Keep making every moment count and I'll see you next time.